Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey everybody, Double G here from Thompson to Clark. Brad is on vacation, so we recorded uh, a few days early on uh, on Saturday. We brought in our buddy Ash Day from Bat Flips and Nerds and the Flyball to the, uh, to, to the Moon podcast. Uh, we so since we talked on Saturday, we missed anything that would have happened late Saturday as well as yesterday. And so there's conversation about Trevor's story and if the Giants are going to sign him. Or the possibility of it. Obviously, that did not happen. He signed with the Red Sox. And then the Giants went out and uh, won their second spring game. Uh, and they won it with uh, probably a, a bunch of guys who we will not hear about in uh, 2022. Though um, Tyro Estrada did get dinged up a little bit. I think he got hit on the wrist. Um Home runs by Duggar, uh, f- at least for, from the 40-man roster. Uh, and then Beatty started, and this is his last opportunity because he's uh, out of options. So um, he gave up uh, five hits and two runs in two innings. And then on Sunday, they lost to the Reds 9-4. to And uh, Sammy Long... Started one and two thirds, gave up uh, five runs, five earned runs, uh, two jacks as well in one and two thirds. Just slinging Sammy Long there, uh, and so uh, Giants got a home run by Wilmer Flores. So, just wanted to mention that as you'll hear in the the podcast with Ash, we're talking about stuff that hadn't you know that happened on up until. Saturday. So just wanted to update everybody. Uh, Brad and I will be back next week in our normal slot uh, doing the live stream on our Facebook and Twitter pages and then the podcast. So I hope you enjoy Brad, myself, and Ash Day. All right, Brad, we are back We've had, uh, this is our third show in a matter of seven days. Yeah, that's uh, what a lockout does to <laughs> Come back from the lockout and you're like, let's go. <laughs> so we've been able to finagle a couple shows out of you during your time off. Uh, last weekend, we talked to Jeff Young from yeah. uh, around the Foghorn. That's literally right when the lockout ended and we got some talking. And then I talked to our buddies at uh, Giant Cocktails, Matthew and Ben on uh, on Tuesday. And now we're back on the weekend. So, you know, for the people who are watching this, 
we're recording on Saturday. We're about to bring in our buddy Ash Day. But the actual podcast feed will will go up sometime Monday. So yeah. there will be a, like, you know, there'll be like a day and a half delay in, in the news. And if anything happens, which it most likely will, uh, you've probably already heard me do an intro. But if nothing happens, which I highly <laughs> doubt, then you haven't heard that intro. But anyway. so you've already told the people we've we've signed Trevor's story <laughs> to uh, eight years, 375. No, no, <laughs> no. dear God. <laughs> Woo. With, yeah. with, uh, though, and, and we'll talk about this in a second, though, the, the Korea deal makes you kind of wonder if Story's going to have to do something similarly. And if so, the Giants could be in play, right? I would think so. I mean, that's a great deal. So Correa, uh, for those who don't know, signed three-year, what was it, 103? Uh, I don't know the numbers. For crying out loud, I sent them to you last night, didn't I? <laughs> you did. You sent them to I me was, in, our, in our text I, feed. but I think I was half of... asleep when I sent that to you. And you were at a concert, and I didn't expect you to reply. And you're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, three-year, 100 million, 100.5 million, because he wanted to be the highest. No, 100.3 million, um, because he wanted to be the highest paid um uh, infielder. So the AAV is 35.1. And before that, the AAV record was 35 million. Can't remember exactly who has that right now, but, or who had that, but so, yeah. So, uh, and an opt out after 2022, an opt out after 2023, it's only a three-year deal and a limited, uh, no trade for this season. So he can go to another club if he wants to, um, I, I mean, that's kind of uh, that's the future of deals right now, right? I mean, we saw Freddie Freeman very a much huge deal. Seems like that. Yeah, we saw Freddie Freeman, we saw Chris Bryant, huge deals. Um, I, if I was a ball player, I would like these three years opt out after one. You know, high AAVs. Uh, you can kind of keep switching teams if you want. You can stay with the team. You can sign extensions. Uh, it gives you a lot of flexibility. I think those are really nice deals. Okay, but let's. Whose who's deal would you rather have? Would you rather have the Corey Seager deal or would you rather have this Correa deal? Because I think for the team, if you're the, the twins, the Correa deal doesn't work out poorly because then what you do this season is if, you're, if your team is not as good as you think, Mm-hmm. Then you go, oh, we're just going to trade him to a contender and get more prospects. And you could and you, and you could do that. But this, you know, the Seager deal, which is it's going to be compared to where he gets all that the length of that deal. Now, it's quite possible that if Seager becomes an MVP like candidate, which they hope that's why they paid him all that money. Yeah. In two or three years, he may then be underpaid. So that's right. the risk. So, I mean, yeah, I'm actually very interested to see where uh, a lot of these deals go. Um, all right, we're going to bring in Ash. He wrote a piece on uh, Jock Peterson coming to the Giants, so we'll talk to him about that. Brad has all the moves of the ones that the Giants have made and the ones that the Giants did not make, and, and we can talk about that. So let's hit our intro, and then we will bring in Ash. Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. (laughs) 
All right, Ash Day from Bat Flips and Nerds. How are you doing, my friend? I'm very good. Very good. Thanks for having me again, guys. So, Brad, I think he's the our, our most appearances, like he, the guest who's done the show the most times. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So uh, that's that's a pinch hit record, I think. <laughs> yeah, for our podcast. I'm honored. <laughs> who's who's the Giants reliever who made the most appearances last year? That would be Tyler Rogers, right? There we go. I mean, you know. 162 been, appearances? No. <laughs> I've been practicing my submarine delivery, so I could do I could do a Rogers impression. You're scraping the knuckles on the ground. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh Ash, thanks for joining. Uh we, we love when you can uh when you can come on the show because you give us a, a, a quite a different perspective of what's going on. So uh, you know, you're you're in the UK and you had to deal with this crazy lockout. in past shows we've talked about the lengths that you will go to watch games late at night or staying away all day from the news. So you can go back and watch the lockout had to be pretty painful. Or did you just sort of take it as like, okay, this is my break from this crazy schedule of covering this crazy sport. Yeah. That, that's kind of a good way to put it. Actually. It was almost like a mini brain vacation. Uh, Cause we had like that flurry of like free agency activity just before the lockout with like Seager signing with Texas and stuff. And, and then, like, we had just nothing, and it was, like, Christmas. It was, like, okay. And I was watching the 49ers and, and the Super Bowl and everything. I was, like, but baseball, like, it's coming soon. Like, when when is baseball? And I kind of, like, you know, after the Super Bowl, the next day is, like, right, like, I need to decide what I'm going to be eating on opening day. Am I making hot dogs and stuff? And I was just kind of, like, but there's this, like, empty void of, like, nothingness. And, and like, a couple of my friends who were, like, oh, well, aren't you excited about baseball my buddy matt was like oh we should start thinking about our podcast again soon and i was like i have nothing like i have nothing there's just like the lockout just completely emptied me of all baseball thought which is such a shame because like that time of year spring's coming along we're starting to get excited we're thinking about the roster and uh just nothing but i must say since the lockout's ended all of that has just hit me like very fast and it's like right here we go like and I think with all the activity that's been happening around the league the last week since the lockout ended it's just shown like we were all just ready for this to to get going so you wrote a piece uh on Jock Peterson mm. um how do you see him fitting with the Giants and uh, you know hometown guy Giants fan growing up, the story of him being at the parade in 2010. I think he had already signed his his contract with the Dodgers, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think he he probably didn't tell them that that's what he was doing. <laughs> <on that day. laughs> uh, but how do you think Jock fits with uh, with this club? I think he's a he's a natural fit. I think if you look at the way the the organization has gone about their acquisitions and all the sort of players they've added since like Zaidi and co have taken over like this, this just fits with the, with the plan. It's, it's not the splashy free agent addition. Many of us would have maybe wanted, but I mean, they've apart from like Buster leaving, um, they've kept like nearly every piece like Donovan Solano has gone, but I feel like there was always enough infield depth to give other guys chances like Tyro Estrada is going to get a larger role. Dubon is still there. So we didn't really need to necessarily add like a huge piece. It would be lovely. Like it'd be great to upgrade, but how do you upgrade on a 107 win team? Like that's really difficult. Yeah. So I would have loved a splashy free agent signing, but someone like Jock, 
he, you know, he just, he's going to complement this team perfectly, I think. Like, the way Kapler plays his platoons, particularly with the outfield, like, we have so much depth in the outfield. And I think just, like, having another guy who can smash against righties, he'll, he'll be, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident he's going he's gonna to fit in really well. He's not a high average guy, but he, he does have pop. And I think the biggest thing is he gets it. Like he gets the Giants. It, like you said, he's he's a huge fan, like a childhood fan. And yeah, I just think he's gonna fit in really nicely. I, I just hope we we enjoy the ride with him with him in town. What have you guys thought about? And I didn't even talk to Brad about this, so I want to hear what Brad thinks too. Brandon Crawford is like a link to all of these other players on these other teams. Like, is he like the best recruiter that they possibly have? Because there's this story um, that he and, and Jock know each other and I'm reading into the story and all it is, is like, you just talk to him while the guy's on base and somehow they created a little friendship. And when Bumgarner and, and Puig were having their little thing, you know, and people are getting fired up supposedly jock and, and crawford were kind of just chatting over on the side together like brandon crawford as the popular guy in the team or the the good dude on the team i it's so funny how he's just tied into all these players i mean his you know he's got brother-in-laws on in in the game and stuff too so well, did you guys know about this relationship between crawford and peterson I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know about it until it started kind of coming out, but this makes sense. Okay. So if you take a look at guys like Brandon belt and you take a look at guys like Brandon Crawford, good guys, I mean, really good clubhouse guys, never a bad word about either of those two guys. They play positions where you're going to be able to talk to other players, first base, second base. Uh, they're going to be able to go up and just kind of have conversations throughout the games, throughout the seasons. They've been around the game also for a long time. They are now veterans and Buster Posey at the time as well. Um, also big in recruiting players. So when you get like two and three guys like that on your team, you can kind of start to recruit these guys. And I think, I mean, it's absolutely fantastic because who wouldn't want to come play for a guy that you talk to over at second base quite a bit. He, he's like, Hey, our clubhouse is awesome. If you ever, uh, you know, come up on free agency and need a place to uh, end up, this is the place to be. So yeah, I, that's pretty awesome. I didn't know about it though. I think I read somewhere that like maybe they first connected at the all-star game. Like that's where they kind of started having a chat in the dugout and in, in the clubhouse. And uh, yeah, I think Crawford already started putting the feelers out back then. Like, you know, giants isn't a bad place to be. And, and Jock <laughs> already knew that having been from the area. So uh, we had talked about, I talked about this with, uh, with the giant cocktails uh, fellows Zadie had had talked about, or they were asking him, you know, about the bat, right-handed bat, right-handed bat. And he was like, eh, you know, mm. we kind of like our guys, Darren Ruff. And, and you know, when, whenever you lead the conversation with Darren Ruff, like that's the first <laughs> guy that you bring up. I was like a little, hmm, that, you know, not, and look, Darren Ruff yeah. played excellently last year, right? For what we asked him to do, he over delivered and maybe he'll get a, an opportunity to just you know sit there at dh and mash lefties all you know all season long and that that'll be great too but at the same time when you see all of these teams signing all these bats uh, maybe there's a little bit of envious you know mm. I, i'm a little envious of seeing a lot of these guys go like you know we've talked about cray at the top um 
do you guys feel like what the Giants are doing, and we'll start off with Ash, is just part of this process that is fundamentally fine? Or I don't know if you guys read Grant Brisby's piece in The Athletic. He was like, this is the offseason to kind of screw around with, with the money that you have. And, and I, not that I agree with just being frivolous with the money and, you know, you know but, you know, we were, jo- I was joking about this with my, with my kid, Brad and I are on a text chain with my kids about the giants. And it was like, my son was like, Oh, you know, they could afford story and stay under the tax. Right. And I was like, yeah, they could pay him like $80 million and stay under the tax. <laughs> uh, so uh, Ash, what do you, what is your thoughts around how they are, building the team with all these free agents going left and right. Do, do Are you confident in what they're doing or do you have a little envy like me? I think it's, I think it's natural to have a bit of free agent envy and then trade envy. Like when, when you're not the one at the party and, and you're, you're seeing everybody else having a great time, like it, it's not much fun. Um, having said that, like I do trust this, 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 uh, this, this leadership group, um, every move they've made so far, like it, it just seems really smart. And and a lot of the moves kind of look like common sense. Like, Oh yeah, of course that piece fits there. And, and we've had like really pleasant surprises with a lot of the additions. Like who saw Lamont Wade Jr. Contributing the way he did last year, but like this front office kind of already foresaw that. I mean, you can go back as far as like Yastrzemski when they picked him up and the amazing year he had, they just keep unearthing these, hidden gems um so i kind of i really like that i find it more admirable that we're almost finding our own kind of like little mini stars rather than paying big bucks i'm, I'm always i always kind of like relate to that more than say the dodgers who just go out and steal freddie freeman from the braves and leaves atlanta <laughs> heart-stricken like that's they're like the new evil empire basically and i like that the giants aren't that like they find these guys kind of you know hidden under the rocks and they bring them out and oh my god yeah look they've hit 20 home runs this season um having said that like it is natural to have some of the envy i would like a splashy signing and and someone like trevor story that that would be really lovely and even that it's just being like rumored is enough to get me like oh, oh that, that'd be great and i know he'll probably sign with the red Sox, and i'll be like it's okay we've got darren Ruff, so, it's fine. So, so brad i want darren i want to hear Ruff, i want to hear what, what you have to say about what ash just said but the yeah. the example you know we had say suzuki envy mm, i yeah. felt yeah so heartbroken when he signed with the cubs <laughs> So much of the like, literally, I've never seen this guy play baseball, but there was so much buildup in in how he was the perfect fit and how he was going to replace Buster Posey as that right-handed bat, right? And maybe the Giants were like, "Look, we don't trust that we know that we can give him a five-year deal with a no-trade clause or, or whatever was in that deal." But eight uh, five years at eighty-five did not seem like a lot of money. Mm. I was like, "Huh." You know, he's what is he, 27 or something like that? Eh, If he's not good, you get out of there, you know, when he's 32. Uh, But if he is good, then, you know, it looks like it's it's worth, you know, the attempt. But then when they didn't and and I looked at the money, I was like, my immediately my immediate question was why? So there's got there is a why out there. There's a why as to why they didn't get close to that. Or maybe they were. And Suzuki is just like, nope, I just want to play in Chicago. I just Wrigley Field place is a place that I've always dreamed of playing. And, and it could be that as well. But because we don't know, you know, I, I kind of go, ah, oh, gosh, why didn't we do that? But what do you think about 
how free agency has gone so far, Brad, especially for the bats. You know, I, I, I um, agree with Ash. I, I, I really enjoy this new era of Giants free agency signings. The Zito days are gone where it's, you know, here's a crazy contract. We hope you're still good at the end of it, and we'll see what happens. The Hunter Pence deal, you know, all that type of stuff. You know, again, they signed Hunter Pence to an extension. They win another World Series automatically right there. Worth it. Um, <clears throat> can't go wrong in that type of situation. If you win a World Series, you give somebody a gigantic contract. You win a World Series in the first year of that person's contract, and you don't, again, the rest of their contract, still a win, right? I mean, you, you won the World Series. So, but... I would love to see a Trevor Story deal for like, you know, two years, I don't know, 60, 62 million for two years and opt out after one. Um, Starts giving guys, again, it's giving people a taste. It's giving players a taste of, okay, so this is what it's like to play at Oracle Park. It's not as bad as everybody thinks when you're playing 81 games there. Um, Great clubhouse, great management uh, great ownership, everything, great organization, top to bottom. Um, the more the word gets out there, uh, you know, I, I don't know if they need to sell it. They won 107 games last year. Do they really need to sell it? I mean, it's a, hey, we won 107 games last year uh, and we couldn't get past the Dodgers in the NLDS, but, or, or sorry, yeah, it was the NLDS. Um, but that's kind of what happens sometimes. You're the extra piece. You could push us over the edge come here, play, play for us for, for three years. I like these deals. I think they're fun. Uh, the turnover on the team is a little bit more. Um, some of the more diehard, uh, I mean, we're, I, we're diehard fans, all three yeah. of us, but some of the, you know, some of the people who are just, who love the players. Um, I, I think the three of us love the players, but we also love the organization. We're Giants fans. I mean, you could put, Cody Bellinger on the Giants, and we still love him. It's just, I mean, it's just how it goes. Um, Hershiser, the example is always yeah. Oral Hershiser. Hey, I saw Oral, Oral Hershiser. What year was that? I would say it was like '95, yeah, opening day so. at, at uh, Candlestick, song pitch <laughs> on opening day. Yeah, you know, and we cheered him on. It was great. It, it was Oral Hershiser. It was hard to watch, yeah. um, especially the, the only war. one. The only one that was, I, I would say, was hard to root for. But it wasn't because of his ties. To another team, just because he was a giant dick, was AJ Persinski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll go down in free agency trade lore as being the, the absolute worst possible pickup that we've ever had. I mean, him and uh, Benitez, right? That and, and were they even on the same? T- I think they might have even been on the same team at the same time. Uh, we'll have to look that up. Yeah, but uh, our clo- our wonderful closer Benitez. But I, I'm enjoying this. I'm really liking the the short deals. Uh, I think I, I hope we continue on with it because it it opens you up for two or three years down the line. Saying, well, we're not tied to a chunk of money. Yeah. So if things aren't going right, we can rebuild. We can trade. We can do different things. So it, it's just it's just a huge roadmap for success, and I, I really like it at this. But point. at at the same time, they're possibly going to miss on all the the big ones, right? Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, that's going to happen. I mean, they're going to go in on the Suzuki's um, and then maybe the players see that too. And they say, well, they're not committed to players because they're only given two and three year deals. So here they want to give me a five year deal, but in five years and four years, what is this team going to look like? Yeah. So that might be hard to get some of the bigger, longer term free agents. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a year by year study and we're in what year three right now. So, mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, so who the Giants also signed another player this week by the name of Matthew Boyd. Brad Ash, do you guys have any intel on who this guy is and how he is going to help out the club? Yeah, I know him a little bit. Like, I know he's had his scuffles in, in uh, Detroit, but I think there was – I mean, I've always – thought of Matthew Boyd as as potentially like quite good and so when I saw the Giants picked him up I was like I know he you know he's had like a high high ERA like the last year or two and he's had his I think he's had some injury issues and stuff but I think he's uh he's quite it could be quite an exciting addition like just just for a bit of rotation depth um I, I haven't got the stats in front of me but I believe he's quite a high strikeout guy so uh yeah I like the move again it's one of those classic Zadie like, you know, pick them up off the scrap heap kind of moves and, and turn them into gold. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. The one thing I'm not – this this goes against what the Giants have done the last couple of years. Matthew Boyd is not a guy who keeps the ball in the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2020, the shortened season, uh, he led the league in giving up home runs. The entire major leagues in giving up home runs with 15. Uh, and then in back in 2019 – he led the American League in giving up home runs with 39. Came back last year a little bit, little bit stronger. 78 and two thirds innings, gave up nine home runs. Uh, so, th- so those are coming back down. But he's given up 142 home runs uh, in 784 innings. That's quite a bit for a pitcher. So, I mean, again, you know, like Ash said too, I think our, I think our coaching staff sees these types of guys and Sadie sees these types of guys and go, Oh, we, we know how to fix that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, you know, let's get them over here for a one year deal. Let's fix them. What is it? So it's a one year deal, 5.2 million, uh, 2.3 million in incentives. So it could go all the way up to 7.5 million, uh, totally doable. You get three guys like that and it's totally doable. Um, because if the giants can turn him around, he may be gone or he may stick with the giants and say, these guys turn me around. I'm going to stick for another two or three years. Like we've seen with now wooden and Disclafani. So, so this kind of adds to what they did also with Junis and Carlos Martinez. Uh, they got jelly, you know, we'll see what happens with Tyler Beatty, Sammy long. They are building a rotation with, a lot of these guys who can pop in when necessary, because as we know, starting rotation, starting pitchers get hurt. They get tired. You know, they have fatigue. The Giants top uh, top free agency uh, free agent piece this year. You know, they don't even expect him to make 30 ish starts. They fully expect him to, to be sort of in the mid 20s. So they're building this backlog of guys who can fill in and he fits this. Now the difference with, with Boyd is that he's coming off of injury. So he's probably not even going to be ready until June. So it'll, it'll sort of be a nice thing to, you know, Oh yeah, we got this guy ready to go. Now he's fresh. He hasn't thrown in a while. So, you know, the, the, the June swoon, here we go. We got a, a new live arm. <laughs> so pretty interesting. And so there's a guy that they were looking to do that with uh, as well. Danny Duffy, but someone else swooped in hmm. on one Danny Duffy, Brad. Who was that? That was the Los Angeles enemies. Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, that was one. I, I know a lot of people, a lot of the writers, everybody kind of was like, Danny Duffy, shh, don't tell anybody. Yeah. You can grab him. Stat- I mean, everybody knew because yeah. uh, he's he's got a live army. He's a strikeout guy, too. But And the Giants did that on their own with Matthew Boyd. So 
Um, and they did that before Duffy signed with the Dodgers, which I think was yesterday. Uh, and the Giants did this with Matthew Boyd two or three days ago. Uh, so maybe they just kind of didn't see something in Danny Duffy or they saw something and they thought, you know what? I don't even know if he's really going to be ready by June. Um, may Because I think he was coming back from Tommy John. Uh, Matthew Boyd is coming back from uh, a shoulder issue, um, some inflammation and so I, I, I think they probably put a little more bank into Boyd to say, I, I think he's going to be a little more ready than Duffy's going to be. Um, you know, his, uh, his, his speed is going to be up on his fastball. Everything's going to look a bit, little bit better. So I think they went that route. But Dodgers, once again, swooping in. <laughs> and, you know, I guess we might as well talk a little bit about Freeman. Once we saw the Braves make the moves that they did, I think all of us just did a collective uh-oh. And then we immediately <laughs> hoped that the Yankees or the Red Sox were going to swoop in and yeah. take this guy. But I think in the back of our minds, we knew that he was going to the Dodgers. It just made yeah. all the sense in the world. Now, they did give him, a, what was it? A, uh, it was, a fi- was it a five-year deal? And I think that was maybe the, the difference in, in what the Braves were willing to offer him. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he's going to be in our nightmares for, for the next <laughs> few years, uh, maybe it turns into an Adrian Gonzalez situation more than, you know, someone who's just going to just hurt our feelings constantly. But um, I, I guess should, I don't even know how to preface this question, but like how worried are you guys that this is like a, one of the craziest offensive juggernaut lineups that i've ever seen in my life like is this war yeah. you know and we're built to to really uh, the you know it's all it's been all about the arms and and, and the bullpen and stuff for the giants but is this, does this often scare you guys ash it doesn't scare me I, I wouldn't say it scares me it like it is daunting to look at but i think like I, I think of that about the Dodgers lineup for like the last decade. Like you look, you look at that lineup and you're like, that's always a, a formidable lineup. I mean, I remember when yeah. they added Mookie Betts and it's like, are you kidding me? Oh like, my God. Yeah. like what, how can you just add him into your already stacked lineup? And so Freeman's just like the next one. Like it's just kind of feels like, Oh yeah, of course he's on the Dodgers. Like, and now I'm like, well, where, like, how do they fit him in? Like, I know uh, Max Muncy, plays a lot of their first base, but he can fit in like anywhere. Now they've got the DH as well. So like really they've got a lot of uh, flexibility of where they can put their guys. But yeah, it, it doesn't scare me because I just, I already expect them to be a monster. And and I kind of like that. I, I kind of like in a, some way, like the Giants will always be, not not always, but I kind of like it when we're the underdog and, and we're going up against like, you know, the Empire and Darth Vader is Freddie Freeman <laughs> at first base and he's breathing heavily. And, and it's just like, yeah, because when we beat them, it makes it even sweeter because because it's like they've got all their millions, their mega lineup, and they still lose out to us. And that's what was so sweet about last year, like beating them to the NL West title. Yeah, like I know what happened in the playoffs and ultimately they, they went further, but it was just so sweet to, to knock them off the perch of the, the division. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. And I think Freeman will be ultimately pretty successful in L.A. But, uh, yeah, I'm not. I already thought they were going to be really good this year, so it doesn't change too much for me. <laughs> Brad, Brad is, is there a possibility that you can have too many bats in your lineup and then it just works against you? Like, I hope so. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, don't, I, really, I would take that 
too many bats <laughs> for the Giants. I yeah. would take I would take Mookie and Freeman, and uh, I don't know. You know, Bellinger still hasn't really come around to, uh, again to who he was previously. So that's one that they're still looking at. I mean, they they have so much depth. They have so many players in the minors and the giants are, are getting there. Um, you know, that we're not able to, we're not able to go out and say, Hey, Freeman, we can give you seven years. We can give you eight years. Come on over and, you know, we'll do this. Cause he probably looks at our lineup and is like, I'm going to drive in a ton of runs if I go over there. But it's like you don't need to, though, because we're giving you this long deal. So you you don't need to to be the 120 RBI guy because you're in a lineup and you're going to win and and the pitching. So, but but again, I mean, this is, you know, for for us who play – like out of the park baseball and super mega baseball and uh, you know all the all the video baseball games MLB the show this is the fun part when you see a team that's building and they've got a crazy lineup where you're like well, I'm going to go out and get pitching then because I I'm not going to beat them by by you know winning 10 to 8 ball games we got to keep them to like 3 runs and we can squeak out 4 and we can win these games um so this is fun. It's fun. Like I said, at last year, knocking them off the NF, NL West perch was was a blast because, and it took a hundred. It took hundred and sixty two <laughs> games to do it. I mean, it was it, it was down to the wire. Um, so so it's fun. I, I hey, bring it on, man, bring it on, and leave it at, and tell your Ash, tell your wife to pull your ears. Leave it to the Yankees to blow it and and <laughs> not. Get, I mean, they got all the money in the world. They got more money than the Dodgers. Not go out and grab Freeman and, and Correa and get these guys just you know onto the same team. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, so can we talk a little bit about this uh, spring training game, Friday night spring training game? Logan Webb started. Uh, the Giants did not hit very well, uh, but uh, you guys were able to follow it because I was out, so I wasn't able to watch the game at all. Actually, Ash, I have no idea if you got to see any of it, but I know Brad did because Brad was uh, texting me uh, last night about it. So. Give give me give me the uh, you know did, was there anything that that you saw that was worth kind of opening your eyes about? I caught a little bit of it. Um, I did see that we were being no hit until the eighth inning, <laughs> which was yes. a little bit. I think Giants Twitter was having it's already early season meltdown. <laughs> and it's like guys, we've got a whole year yet. Like save right. that energy for for later on. But uh, yeah, I think it's um I saw some hits from some of the pro- the, the lower prospects uh, towards the end of the game. I think Jimmy Glowinky. I probably butchered that surname. I'm pretty sure it's like. Yeah, I think that's right. Do you say it like that? Glowinky? I, yeah, Glowinky. Yeah, it he rolls off at, my tongue. He played at yeah. San Jose last year. Yeah. yeah. So I, I quite like him, and I think he got quite a key hit. Um, I, I think I have a signed card of his, so I'm really like invested in the Glowinky progress <laughs> this, this spring. There we go. But, but yeah, I saw, so I saw a little bit of it. Um, and yeah, very encouraging to see Logan Webb just step up and continue. You know, he kept going where he left off from last year. So yeah. Good stuff. I got a question, Ash. Do you guys over there, do you get the radio feeds as well? So when the games and spring training are only on radio, do you get those? I think so, yeah, because I take out the MLB TV package and I get a radio option or video option. So with the spring games, they're not always broadcasts. Um, Not all the spring games are broadcast for TV. So I think I can have the radio option if I want to, which is great. Yeah, because... Today's game starts in about a half hour from the oh, time cool. we're recording okay. this. Yeah, and that's on KNBR only, so that'll oh. be on the the feed. So I'll see if I can pick that up. Yeah, 
Yeah, so Webb was nasty last night, which was fantastic. I mean, he's already on. Uh, he said, yeah, I could go four. I mean, he could, you know, the interview right after he pitched his two innings, he goes, yeah, I, I could go four. It's not he's ready. <laughs> yeah, he's ready. So a couple more starts, he'll be good to go. You know, they did mention on the broadcast last night, it was Fleming and, and Kruko, and they did mention quite a bit that um, – you know, they're still going to work the veterans in slowly. It's not going to be, uh, you know, they're going to kind of treat this as an as an extended spring training, probably a couple weeks into the regular season because you only get 17 games yeah. uh, in spring this year. So they're going to have to, those first couple of weeks, they're still going to be kind of working guys in. I think every team's going to if they're smart. Um, you know, the, the Giants, uh, smart team, they're really going to kind of, pad these guys out a little bit, make sure that they're ready for the full bore of the season. And we've seen it, uh, like Ash mentioned earlier too, the Giants and, and Kapler are so good with platoons, so good with uh, matchups and line changes in the middle of games. I mean, you're, we're still going to see our guys getting probably in July and August two at-bats in the first part of the game, and then somebody else come in get two or three at-bats the second part of the game. So I, I don't think a whole lot's going to change for the Giants at the beginning of the season as it yeah. does late in the season. By the way, this is who I was watching. Yeah, that I love new that. addition. Uh, you know, uh, just yeah. As a we, we, that's that's the the great Bell Biv DeVoe. That was yeah. my. This is a little known fact. That was my first concert ever. Wow, 19, nineteen eighty nine, Bell Biv DeVoe. Yes, that's a, that's amazing, amazing trivia there. <laughs> uh, so, a couple of things about that concert. So, um, Oakland Arena which is a, a building that does not have a sports team anymore because the right. Warriors moved to San Francisco and they're now in the Chase Center. Uh, great building, though, because, you know, just it's been there forever and the fans have been great. That building was packed. Not really? an empty seat in the whole thing. So you're talking, you know, with the stage, you know, they, they, you can't sit everybody. I'm going to guess there was 13,000 people there. So... Not great for COVID anxiety, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you're I like, it, it just hit me when I was there going like, oh my God, why did you, yeah. not, you know, you're kind of like, there's some anxiety there. Secondly, uh, so I'd, I'd been to a Belle Deville concert. I think, I'm sorry, a new edition concert. The last time they toured was like eight years ago. So from eight years until now, at least that's the last time I saw them. And so eight years later, eight years older, everybody's eight years older, right? <laughs> um, and, and so these guys are still in pretty good shape with the one exception. Actually, there's two exceptions. Bobby Brown, not in the best shape, but they, they, they sort of play it into the act. Like he'll just okay. walk out in, in some of the dance routines. <laughs> and then, and like, then no. they're like, then they're like joking <laughs> with them like, how, how come you walked out? He's like, I'm not, I'm not on that song. They're like, no, you are on that song. He's like, well, I wasn't in the video. <laughs> and, and then they're like, and then they're like, oh, it's because you missed rehearsal. So you don't oh, know no. the mood. So they're like kind of goofing on him. <laughs> Johnny Gill, the only other one who was not in the most terrific shape, but he's more of a crooner. He's not really, you know, he was never really like the, the dance guy and, and yeah. the high, you know, the high energy songs. And plus, he's so damn handsome. I guess you just go, eh. like, I'm just going to. He, but he's the one when you posted the pictures that I really had to study. I was like, <laughs> is that Johnny Gill or is that like a replacement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because even Ralph looked kind of, I mean, it looked like Ralph. Yeah, but Johnny good. Gill, I was like, good. I don't know. But <laughs> cl classic stuff. I, I really enjoyed myself. But yeah, it was yeah. Like, uh. so 
I don't want to upset you guys, but I don't. I've never heard of New Edition. Yeah, I, like I, you know, I wouldn't think you would. Would have. I know some of their songs? Like I, prob- yeah. you know, I, they're probably one of those bands. I've like I've heard a song or two of theirs, but I wouldn't know it's them. Okay, this, this doesn't need to be a New Edition podcast, but I'll give you a little bit of <laughs> of the history of the people that you may know who okay. they would have influenced. Yep. So they're directly responsible for the new kids on the block. Okay, being created. Wow. So New Edition is uh, they're this young band, uh, young boy band in the same vein as the Jackson five. Like that's kind of how they're created from Boston, right? They're from Boston. Boston. So they figure out that the guy who put them together, his name is uh, Maurice Starr, that he maybe wasn't looking out for their best interest. And so they get out of that contract and then they go to some different management. So Marie Starr was like, well, I'll show you guys. And he put <laughs> together the Boston say, Boston version of the White Kids New Edition, which became <laughs> New Kids on the Block. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, and then also you might, uh, and Michael Bivens from uh, New Edition is also responsible for uh, bringing um, Boys to Men into the fold as well. Okay. He kind of yes. discovered them in Philadelphia. So I'm getting a feel yeah. for this now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There, there, <laughs> I don't know how you would find this, but there is a nice little mini series on new edition nice. uh, on it's, it was on BET. I don't know how you would watch it now, but they tell the whole story because boys to men was a singing group from Philadelphia. They're at a new edition concert. They get a chance to sing for Michael Bivens and they sing a new edition song called, uh, can you stand the rain? And then Michael Bivens signs them, and he gives them the name of Boys to Men, which was a new edition song. No way. So there you go. There you All go. Right. All right. New, new, new edition uh, <laughs> trivia is over. Well, let's get back to the Giants. Johnny, Johnny Cash is back here bored. He's like, what about me? <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, the name Trevor Story has been circling around. Now, Brad and I were, have been talking about story for a long time. It's like, God, ah, you know, does he want to play a different position? He's not going to play shortstop over Crawford. I've mentioned this before. I saw uh, the Rockies uh, last year near the end of the season. And Trevor Story's shoulder, I think it was a shoulder, was so bad that in infield when they're just, you know, throwing ground balls around before, while the pitcher's getting warm, he wouldn't even make a full throw to first base. He was <laughs> lob bouncing the ball to the first baseman. And that, that was very noticeable. I was just like, why do you even like if, if that was me, I wouldn't throw at all. I don't, I'm not going to show the other team that I can bear, you know, that my arm hurts. Just run it over there. And drop yeah. it the <laughs> <laughs> And so I do wonder if he, because I haven't heard anything about the shoulder. And I wonder like, Maybe second base might be a, a halfway decent position for him right now, but the flip side is that I'm sure he wants a long-term deal, and maybe if that deal isn't to his liking, maybe they're willing to do something Correa-like, and that could fit into the Giants' plans. Maybe an opt-out similar to Rodon. Like they show, they've shown they're completely fine doing this. What do you guys think about bringing in Trevor and Brad? We'll start with you, and then we'll go to Ash. You know, I think, uh, like I said earlier, I would I would go a two year deal, thirty million AAV. I mean, why not, right? I mean, it, you're not locked up long term. It's a lot of money. The Giants have a lot of money. They can get a guy like that into their lineup if he's willing to play second base. I mean, all the the news, you know, as of last night was he's really set on playing shortstop. 
okay, 32 AAV. I mean, what, (laughs) would you like to play second base now? I think there's ways you could do it to get him over there. He's familiar with the national league West. Um, Padres also need somebody to take Tatis's spot until Tatis comes back. Uh, but then again, at that point, is Story willing to move over to second base? Uh, you know, even first base, maybe. Maybe he's a decent first baseman. We don't know. Um, but I would love, I would love the deal. Um, you know, looking at who's still out there in like the top twenty free agents at the beginning of the, the offseason, it's him and Conforto. Conforto's a, a left-handed outfielder. We just signed one. Uh, Conforto is probably going to want a long deal. Uh, so I think Trevor story is kind of the way to go. I mean, look at Trevor story, 2018, 19 and 20. He finished in the MD MVP top 12 voting all three of those years. Um, silver slugger shortstop award, 2018, 2019, uh, you know, stolen base guy too. steals 20 a year. I mean, you'd really like to have this guy in your lineup if you're a Giants fan. When you look at who else is still out there, if you want to bolster that lineup at all, this is that little bit of hope. Like Ash said, a little bit of rumor, a little bit of hope that we're like, yeah, we'll take it. We'll take that little nugget. (laughs) Okay, so let me follow up with Ash here, which is you've seen the splits away from Colorado, Mm -hmm. right? And I think think if, if, if something would scare the Giants, it could be that, unless... They unless they think, well, you know, he is his swing and the way that he hits is specifically dialed into how he's going to play half of his games. And so maybe the mentality is a little different when you're not playing in Colorado or maybe, you know, it's just it's just it's just exactly what it is. Uh, Those home runs are, you know, fly balls to the warning track in other parks. So does that scare you at all? And then also, you know, are you is is he someone you you would be completely fine with them signing? Yeah, I think there's always that little bit of like that kind of anxiety about signing a, a rocky uh, that the cause effect, like how heavily does that weigh on their performance? I think even with like someone like Nolan Arenado when he went to the Cardinals, there was that rumblings of like, oh, can he do it outside of Colorado? And he proved like he can. Yeah, story isn't quite the level of Arenado. Like all due respect to story, like uh, you know. I am caliber player, but I always thought Arenado was that touch above. But I still kind of think like Story's a veteran guy. He's been around the league for a long time. I would have faith that he could come to San Francisco, work with our amazing coaches, especially other hitting coaches. And if he has to tinker to like just adjust a little bit to Oracle Park, I kind of feel like he could do that. Uh, I mean, that's just a gut feeling. I think he's he's smart enough and been around long enough to be able to do that. Um, so I, I, yeah, he's kind of like, now we didn't get Suzuki and now there's the rumors of us maybe getting him. He's my, my new hope. Like, I kind of think if we want to compete with the Dodgers with that kind of, you know, with all the star power they've got, then adding story like really does kind of make sense to kind of at least kind of keep pace with them a bit. Um, I think it just depends on what maybe he wants. If he wants the money, like if it's just about money, then that's fine. But I kind of think like with the sort of things Brad was saying, like that that sort of range of money, he's probably going to get the same sort of range wherever he goes, like especially if he's narrowed it down to like four teams. So really, I think if he's smart, he should be looking at like where he can go to win. And the Giants are probably like, I think last year was such an amazing surprise. We're probably like a year ahead of schedule. So it's like, this is the year where we kind of should be like coming into our prime, like with a lot of the younger players we've got. So adding him 
And if he can take second base, because he's going to get regular time if he takes second base, he's he's splitting with Crawford at shortstop, then, you know, he's going to lose out and with that bat. But if he can take second base and make that his own, not only does he get regular playing time, he can be on a winner. Like, he can be on a contender. Like, and I think if, you know, it, every player has their priorities. And if it's money, if, that's fair enough. But if you want to win, then, like, come into San Francisco I don't know, it just feels like it makes so much sense to me. So I hope he sees the light and, and comes. Uh, okay, Brad, you have a list of guys who that used to be on the Giants and, and aren't on the Giants, and you're going to update us on where those guys went, and also some of the other guys who we were kind of hoping were going to yeah. be Giants, and, and, they, and they were not. So yeah. we'll end the show with just the list of guys, and we'll kind of talk about, you know, happy, unhappy, and I'll, I'll say right now, I'm very thankful the Giants did not pay Chris Bryant <laughs> what the Rockies did. And this is nothing against Chris Bryant because I actually liked him and I like his versatility yeah. Yeah. and I like his speed. But holy cow, he not got that paid. Much. <laughs> he, he, yeah. got, he got paid like he was one of the top three best players in baseball. Yeah, that was the exact opposite of a current San Francisco yeah. Giant contract offer. I mean, that's just what the Giants are not doing, not which is gonna great. <laughs> no. So, of course, we talked about Suzuki. He went to the Cubs because he saw something with the Cubs. He likes Ivy. He loves the Ivy, uh, loves wind, apparently. Uh, five years, 85 million. Again, like we said, very doable. Yeah. Uh, could have been a giant, no problem. Uh, Chris Bryant, seven years, 182 in, in Colorado. Again, that's a rebuilding club. And he is the cornerstone of the rebuild now. He is the face of the franchise, I would assume, at this point going and, forward. And- did anybody, you know, someone should have had Arenado reach out to him because isn't that what happened to Arenado? He got a big long term deal with Colorado, and then yeah. he immediately wanted out, and they had to trade him. Yeah, like, well, we're talking a different, different uh, general manager at the time. This is a new general manager. Um, still, it was it, it's a general manager who was who was boosted up into the uh, into the spot, but he's been with the organization for yeah. a long time. Yeah, but he also said, "I'm more of a you know, we're we're going to win. We're going to." we're going out to win. We're not out here to save money, which is good because Colorado, I've never been there to see a ball game, but I desperately want to go. It looks like I a can, great place. I can only, yeah. I can only imagine it's probably one of the best places in the majors to, I mean, just sit up in the bleachers up there, have a beer and, and watch the, oh, yeah. uh, you know, watch the sunset and the lightning strikes off in the background. I mean, it's got to be you, pretty awesome. Do you need an oxygen mask that high up, I, like over that altitude, yeah. like have a sip of beer and then like a swig of oxygen? I would think so. So we live right next to Tahoe. So our, our, so where I live, we're at about, uh, 4,000 feet, somewhere around there. Uh, that is like 5,200 feet. So it's another wow. 1,200 feet. Um, you go up to Tahoe and when you go over the pass, you're hitting like 7,000 feet and you come back down into Tahoe, which is like 5,500, 6,000. Um, you get used to it pretty quick, but usually even from here going to Tahoe and we stay there for a week, the first night, you don't sleep well. Wow. You don't, it, you just don't feel right. You're dry. Makes that much um, of a difference. It's a huge difference. Then when you come home, you're like, I've got all this oxygen. This <laughs> breathe for like a day or two and then you get back used to it again. So, uh, but I, I would love to go there and see a game uh, and see Chris Bryant uh, get him, 
get him a bag. <laughs> uh, Matt Duffy's still playing ball. He's wow. with the Angels wow. now. Yeah. He had, a, he had a halfway decent year last year, right? I believe so. I got to look him up, you know. Go ahead. Keep going. I'll look him up. Yeah. All right. All right. You check him up. Uh, Alex Dickerson to the Braves for one year, one million. That's a doable contract. Um, Very nice for him. He'll be coming off the bench. He'll give them a nice bat off the bench. Donnie Barrels. I I can make the juvenile joke, though, by the way, that no one wanted to bite on. But yes. (laughs) Jock replaced Dick. There you go. Yeah, I thought I'd I'd leave that one to you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Barrels, D- so yeah. Duffy uh, two eighty seven three fifty seven on base. So yeah, right. he was he was a, and that he was had, with he the had 300, Cubs, right? almost three hundred at bats last year. Yeah, that was with the Cubs. Did yes. he play only the, with the Cubs last year? Yes, he he okay. didn't even play in the twenty twenty season. He took the twenty twenty season off. Right. Oh, I think he might have had an injury that was still. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, because uh, when he was with Tampa Bay, I think he had an injury, and it kind of lingered through that season. So you know, his for yeah. his career, he has a decent enough average, high, you know, uh, low two eighties, uh, three forty one on base for a utility guy. Not bad. It's just the the slugging percentage is is what uh, is what probably uh, hurts him a little bit. Three eighty slugging percentage Yikes. for his career. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Yeah, uh, you got Donnie Barrels going to the Reds. I think he signed a two or three year deal there, which is kind of crazy because he's old. What is he? Yeah. Like Thirty four this year. So yeah, he's going to finish out there. I would imagine in Cincinnati. Good, good for him. Good and for you know the one guy yeah. who took advantage of that pandemic season because that's essentially what he's getting paid for, right? Is we're like, okay, you did this for fifty five, sixty games. And we still think that if given the right opportunity, you can do it. But then again, the Reds are absolutely 100% tanking so hard. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what, what's the over-under on, on, on Joey Votto starting the season as the uh, Reds' first baseman or DH? I think, he, I mean, there's, there's a chance he's gone. Luis Castillo, too, pitcher yeah. for the Reds. Oh, you yeah. know, Bring him back. Bring him back. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. It's Did crazy. Tony- but that's, yeah. Solano won the Silver Slugger for us in yes. 2020, didn't he? Mm-hmm. At least, at least yeah. he's got that with him in, in Cincinnati. Yes. And yeah. that, and he, my son reminds me of that home run he hit against the A's last year. That was the game. great. Yeah. That was fantastic. I like Donnie. Yeah. Going to miss him. I will see him, you know, when he comes to the ballpark. All these guys are going to end up, uh, you know, I don't know if the Angels come to us this year. The Braves are going to come. Danny Duffy's going to – or uh, uh, Donnie Barrels is going to come. Chris Bryant's going to come. These guys are all going to get hands. You know, they're, go, yeah. they're all going to get good Absolutely. standing ovations. Absolutely. So. Yeah. But uh, that's what we got. That's uh, guys who are jumping all over the place. And we have a lineup. We have a lineup for today. If you guys want to look at that real quick. Yeah, go for um, it. Just real fast. This is, of course, my phone's not going to load, is it? <laughs> there it goes. All right. Uh, uh, this is uh, the lineup for today, which starts in uh, about five minutes. Uh, today's games. We've got Lamont Wade Jr. leading off in left field. Tyro Estrada at short. Austin Slater in right. Uh, Steven Duggar in center. Casale behind clean the up. dish. In clean up, man. That tells you what the bottom of the lineup is going to look like, isn't it? Alex Blandino at third, Austin Dean at DH, Wyatt Matheson at first, and Archimedes Gamboa. What a name. I hope he makes the team. Wow. Name. Isn't that fantastic? Archimedes Gamboa. I'm writing and, something and, about and this is just for that name. <laughs> <laughs> and this is not a split squad team. This is, this is not, this is not running. 
This is it. It's an opening. <laughs> yeah, these, day these, <laughs> these are guys who got invited to spring. Who you know, they're going to get the early at bats. You, of course, you don't see Crawford again. I mean, yeah. you're not you know, a lot of the vets. You're not seeing belts. Uh, a lot of the vets just aren't in there yet. Um, still taking their hacks, still taking their swings in the cages, and and we're seeing Archimedes Gamboa at short, wow. or at uh, sorry at second. Uh, so if wow. we don't sign Trevor Story. <laughs> Archimedes Gambo. Go. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so yeah, no, good, good stuff here. So Ash, uh, where are people able to find you? Um, you have anything kind of that you're working on other than your Archimedes Gamboa story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my next piece. I think. <laughs> no, uh, you guys can find me. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Ash Day Twenty Nine. Um, and you can follow all my writing at Batflips and Nerds, uh, the the main UK baseball site uh, everything's kicking off now with the lockout over the the website and the podcast are up and running the whole team at batflips and nerds are putting together material for for the new season so it's really exciting stuff and yeah i'm just so glad we're we're back and 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 we're talking about baseball i'm so glad you guys let me come on today because I'm just pumped for baseball now. I'm ready. Let, like, let you come on. You're I'm... welcome. All you have to do is send us a message and you're on the show, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> of course. Yeah. You're, you're, our, you're our, uh, the most, uh, three of three. Is this your third time? Third or fourth? Oh, uh, yeah. Could, yeah. They must, yeah. I think like probably four times. At okay. Least. There we yeah. go. Leader like in the clubhouse it. there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. So check out Ash's stuff. Um, Brad and I will be back. I, 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 I don't think I'm going to have a midweek show. I thought there was a possibility, but but I probably won't. So the next time you probably will hear us will be uh, Brad and I back in our normal slot. Uh, Brad's going to go on vacation. He's going to have some fun time with the family. Yeah, go and... to Disneyland. Got the, oh, got the Disney shirt. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I'll be wearing that there. Piss off set. all the Dodger fans. <laughs> <laughs> If you see Freddie Freeman, no, he's in spring, <laughs> he's in, he's in spring training. Um, I'll push him off the matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. So thanks to Ash uh, for Brad. I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.